and a continual awareness of the nearness of our Father. And um, I, uh, I also know that this has been a, a season for me of dreams in a way that I've never had before. And uh, over the past month, there has been a sequence of dreams that I recognize one by one has been a statement from the Father concerning his dominion that he's giving us. And the dominion uh, is not without a struggle. Uh, you're, you're being, it's being contested, but point by point, God is giving it. So with all that being said, I declare over all of you that covering that was just spoken, and I declare that, that there will not be anything that can um, permeate or, um, or really cause a, a destructive thing in your life. And I ask that you would be sensitive to the Spirit, and I ask that you would not um, put yourself in harm's way by wrongful choices. And I, I simply ask that the Father would guide each of you, and I declare that over you. And I ask for, for Tammy that, that her knees would be perfectly well, that the fire of the Lord would come and not only would repeal the bruising, but would cause there to be a strengthening and a, and a remedial healing uh, for, you know, the enemy came one way, let him flee in seven. And I speak blessing over all of you in that way. I speak the, the, the measures of deliverance and provision that God has ordained for you. And I thank the Lord for that. And so um, receive that in Jesus' name. Today, the Lord directed me to a topic that we've set the stage for many years ago when we were first teaching about the sila. And for those of you who have not by any chance heard that principle, uh, the sila is a uh, the central part of a sequence of what God does in threes. And 74 times in Scripture, both in the Psalms and in Habakkuk, Selah is mentioned. And it really is a musical term, but it is an intercessory term when God gives a promise and then there is an intended fulfillment. In the middle of it is the Selah. And, um, you know, it's, it's good to recognize the principles of the Lord. Um, you can take them one by one. Uh, you've got the singular. You've got the, the power of two. You've got the power of three. You've got the power of four with the voice thunders, lightnings, earthquakes, or the incense. You've got the power of five, which is the mind of Christ. And it, it goes on from there. But wherever you find three, you need to be looking that God gives a promise he has the seal of walking things through, and he has the fulfillment. And even with the Trinity, you have the Father who gives his directive. You have the Spirit, not by might or by power, but by my Spirit, that brings things to fruition. And then you have the seal that Jesus walked through. And in all points, he was tested as we were, and yet without sin. He brought the promise of the Father into a measure of fulfillment. So this principle of three is, is everywhere in the Word. You know, David would get a, a promise from God, or there would be a challenge that would come, and David would know that God wanted to do a certain thing, and he would pen this, or he would send this to the tabernacle. 
And then they would worship and they would praise and they would intercede. And when we used to teach about this, we said there was one recorded selah that lasted well over three days continually. And then when the breakthrough would come, they would know that God was giving the answer and that promise was being fulfilled. So the selah is a principle that is ingrained in the heart of God and it is really the way God brings about his message. Uh, and, you know, we get a word from God and we know there's a promise that's going to be fulfilled. And in the middle is us being willing to walk with God through that selah. And this, this is a principle that we've embraced. It's a principle that we've walked because we know it's one of the ways of God. Now, there's a word called salah that is um, a derivative of selah, but it really is um, the overcoming in the selah. It is, it, is, it is an overcoming that speaks about the prospering of God as you've been faithful in the selah, but it is also a transitional word that takes you from a point of victory into a time of promotion. So the selah goes this way, the selah goes this way, and the selah goes this way. It's, it's a wonderful thing. And I believe that as I was preparing for this, that God was saying very strongly that we're in a salah period. And you're going to see what I mean when we look at some of these words. This, this word is used over 70 times, so I didn't put maybe your favorite verse in here. You can study this for yourself. But I plucked out the ones that the Lord said, you need to get this and you need to proclaim this because this is where we are as a people. And so the first way that we want to look at Salah is concern, concerning the word of God, the promise of the Lord. Joshua 1.8 says, This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but you shall meditate therein day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written therein. For when you shall make Salah thy way, prosperous Salah, and then thou shalt have good success. You know, we need to know the word for many reasons, but we need to be sensitive to the word because it is our fuel, it is our direction, and it is a way that God teaches us in the midst of following him. And so I study to show myself approved, a workman need is not, needing not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. You know, I, I, don't, I don't really study, and please forgive me, don't get offended. I don't really study as a devotion. I study as, as meat. And there are some times that God will highlight a verse and it really has meaning to me. But my study pursuit is not just to, to have fun. I'm always looking to listen to what the Spirit's going to guide me into. And then I try to memorize certain principles and topics from the Word. And I, even if I'm not going to speak about it. And some people say, oh, I studied this, I got a word, nobody let me have a chance to speak. I have 90% of the words I get I don't teach on until probably years later or months later when the Spirit grabs them and pulls them. So don't despise what God may be giving you. Don't let the enemy sidle up and say, oh, I don't have a pulpit, I don't have a ministry, nobody cares what I got. That's baloney. Don't let him do that. 
the word is always going to be in you. If you're getting words, sow it into your spirit. The spirit knows where, where it's going to be, and he, and he knows how to draw it out and to, and to bring it to life. So the word of God and the study of the word is, is our sustenance in the Salah. And Isaiah 53, 11 continues, So shall my word be that goes forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void or empty, but it will accomplish that which I please, and it shall salah in the thing whereunto I sent it. The word of God is, um, is uh, our sustenance in this salah. And um, I'm, I'm so very grateful for it. Now, the Salah also will help us to gain promotion in something that we perhaps have a proclivity for. Joseph, for instance, he was, of all the things that he was, he was, you know, he was a dreamer. He had seer's capacities. But he seems to have been really an administrator and somebody that could take something and bring it through to a fulfillment. That's quite a skill. That's quite a blessing. And that noted him throughout all of his challenges when he was, um, um, when he was with uh, the Egyptians. And here in Genesis 39, verses 2 and 3, Yahweh was with Joseph, and he was a Salah man. Not Solomon, he was a Salah man, prosperous man. And he was in the house of the master, of his master the Egyptian, and his master saw that Yahweh was with him and that Yahweh made all that he did to prosper in his hand, to Salah in his hand. You know, this kind of thing can help you in whatever your gifting is. Samson was another one. He was a judge. We know him because he had that Nazarite hair and, you know, he was kind of an undisciplined fellow, but God's spirit shook him from the time he was a little guy. And... Um, he, he really, as a judge and as a deliverer, had a Salah capacity. And here we're going to look at it. Judges 14, verses 5 and 6. The Spirit of the Lord came mightily upon him. And this was, this was Salah upon him. And he rent him a young lion. Hey, how much is that renting for? $2 a day. He rent him a young lion as he would have rent a kid, and he had nothing in his hand, but he didn't tell his father or mother what he'd done. And in 1419 and in 1514, that when he would do exploits with incredible strength, this is how the Spirit of God came upon him. It was a Salah. It wasn't a presence that came, and all seven locks of his hair stood up straight. Imani would have had fun with that. It had the colors of the seven spirits on him pretty soon. But it wasn't that kind of thing. It was because he was called to do this, and the, the, the salah of that fulfillment would cause him to be able to do these things. We need to recognize that, and we need to begin to accept that in this season. What are the gifts that God has given you? you know, some people get slack-faced when, when they say, well, nobody ever tells me. Well, did anybody tell you what to do this morning when you got up? Did anybody tell you, you know, what you do that blesses other people that you do every day? It doesn't have to be prophesied into you every moment just so you have a sense of fulfillment. 
God has given you gifts, and if you just take a moment, you'll recognize what they are. They may not be what somebody else's have that you've been clamoring for, but you've been given gifts. Let God bring a Salah enhancement to you so that you can move in a greater dimension of that in the season that's coming. It's akin to what the spirit of wisdom did with Bezalel and with a number of other people in the scripture where whatever their gifting was, the spirit came upon them and they went into overdrive in that gifting. We need that in this season. So I declare that into you that whatever you're gifting, whatever you're calling, and God knows you know what it is, the spirit will come upon you and take you into a new level in that. Can we believe for that? Amen. Hallelujah. See, here's another deal. You do realize with this calling God's given us as saints that we are pioneering new terrain. And so a lot of the things God's giving us to do in this, the ways that he's illuminating his scripture, you're doing in a, in a rarefied atmosphere. So you've got to be willing to receive it and step forward in it. And you've got to be willing to, to, um, to believe that God is going to do this in you. And um, you don't have to have somebody holding your hand or encouraging you. I don't know why I'm going down this pathway today. I, I'm really sensing in the spirit that this is what needs to be released. I didn't think it coming. I really was thinking, I'm going to set the stage with the Word and with Joseph and Samson, and then we're going to come into this thing of being kings in the realm, which is really the main rhema that I felt today. But I'm encouraging all of you to let God come upon you and believe Him for, um, for incredible advances in what He's called you to be. So, the Salah of Kings, changed and transformed from glory to glory. Saul, first king of Israel. 1 Samuel 10, verses 6 through 10. Remember the story. Samuel was talking to Saul and telling him that, you know, he, he's God's anointed and he's going to meet a company of prophets and, you know, Saul's going to be singing and prophesying with the with the prophets and that's what's come and then you read here the spirit of the lord will come upon thee salah it wasn't holy goosebumps it wasn't an anointing the the newest song from you know the the prophetic band in the cave that was the top of the list then none of that was around him it was a salah that came upon him and you will prophesy with them, and you will be turned into another man. That's the Salah. And let it be when these signs are coming to thee that thou do as occasion serve thee, for Elohim is with you. And you'll go down before me to Gilgal, and behold, I will come down unto thee to offer burnt offerings and to sacrifice sacrifices of peace offerings. Seven days will you tarry. Seems that Saul heard that later. Somehow he was able to do this one, and he botched the last one. Till I come to thee and show you what you should do. And it was so that when he had turned his back to go from Samuel, God gave him another heart. And all those signs came to pass that day. And when they came thither to the hill, behold, a company of prophets met him, and the Spirit of God came upon Salah him. And he prophesied among them. See, think about this for a moment. 
See, we're all waiting for the grand slam or the three-run homer. We want some prophet to materialize and tell us something that makes our hair stand on end. But this is really a prophetic word came, and then Samuel wasn't around him. He salad this. He, he took that word, and then he became that. And he, he really began to function. He was turned into another man because of the Salah. Do you see this? How many words has God given you? Lots of them, probably. This is a season where God's Salah is promoting you into the thing that you already know you're supposed to be. And this is what happened with Saul. And guess what? It happened to Saul on other occasions. The first time that he really took the people to war was in 1 Samuel 11, verses 5 and 6. You remember that um, the people in Jabesh were trying to make some kind of a deal with Nahash the Ammonite, and Nahash was somewhat of a vulgar man, and he said, I tell you what, I'll make an agreement with you. If you pluck out the right eyes of all the people, then I'll be with you. That, that's a high price. It's kind of gross. And um, the word comes to Saul, and behold, Saul came after the herd out of the field. And Saul said, what aileth the people uh, that they weep? And they told him the tidings of the men of Jabesh. And the Spirit of God, Salah, Saul, when he heard those things, and his anger was kindled greatly. I want you to see this again. The Salah, what he was already called to be, what he was already functioning in, even though he may have had trepidation, you know, he seems to be a little more of a, uh, of a, of a reticent individual, but yet this wasn't a fireball from heaven. This was Salah. Suddenly, he became what he knew he was supposed to be. Do you see this? I do. Joseph was that way, Samson was that way, Saul was that way, and guess what? David was that way. 1 Samuel 16, verse 13, Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed David in the midst of his brethren, and the spirit of Yahweh came upon, or Salah, David, from that day forward. So Samuel rose up and went to Ramah. David, after that oil was poured on him, he, be he became actualized. Suddenly that thing became him. And I, I love that. And, um, you know, we're going to skip down one here. In Psalm 45, verse 4, when David was speaking about what it meant to rule. And this is kind of a weird verse, passage, because some people read this chapter and they think, oh, this is kind of confusing because David's vacillating between talking about himself and talking about God. No, 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 no. He's really talking about himself the whole way through. Especially when it says, thy throne lasts forever. What he was talking about was not necessarily the throne in heaven, but the throne God has established in him and for Israel. That's what he was referring to. So here's David. And what's he say about ruling? In thy majesty, I'm talking about the king, ride prosperously, Salah. And how does Salah move through the king? You need to see this. Truth, meekness, and righteousness. 
and thy right hand shall teach thee terrible things. You're going to move according to what God says prophetically to you. You're going to have to pursue truth. You're going to have to be meek. And you're going to have to keep opening yourself to vision to believe God. Because that's what righteousness is. Abram believed what God showed him. And God said, guess what? That is righteousness. So if you want to be this kind of Salah person, you need to be a person that keeps pursuing the truth of the Lord, what God is doing anew, what God is guiding us into that has not been seen. You're going to have to be meek. Don't just be boisterous and boasting about your own strengths. Let that strength be meekness, and you will inherit the earth. Be a person of righteousness. Be sensitive to what God is revealing to you in commune with him. And be careful to trust that word from the right hand. But that's how the king moves in Salah. And you've been called to be kings and priests in the spirit realm. You know, it's very interesting. This has been one of the oddest seasons that I can recall. Maybe the oddest in, in our development as saints and in anticipation of moving into this year of tremendous victories. We're already in them. And um, I've, the, the Salah of what God's called me to be on behalf of you and on behalf of the network is, is really been an odd development time for me. But the, um, the strange thing about it is I mentioned these, these dreams and visions that God's been giving. And, and through it, I can see this progression that God is guiding us into new things. And we have, to, we have to not just strike out and try to war on our own. We have to be meek and follow what he says. And he's giving incredible victories. And, um, and we, we have to keep we remember the things that God shows us. You know, I... I'll just say this. I'm going to talk about this more during the seminar. But this sequence of dreams I've been having has been about how God is giving us dominion against rulers of the darkness and wicked influences in the continents and the nations we're going. And um, it's been amazing how God has shown point by point how he's giving dominion. And... Um, I'm so grateful for it. It's not been easy. It's been f battling uh, against the influence of these wicked ones. And God would give a prophetic scripture to me, and I'd live off that. Or God would give a, 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 a dream, and I would take that dream and write it, and then put it together. And the, the last six dreams that I knew applied to this has just been point to point God giving measures of victory for where we're coming. And then I would put it in a song and I would declare it every day. Every day when I wake up and, or when I come into prayer, I, I will rehearse all the things that God has led me through. Scriptures that people have given me that I've known were of the Lord. 
uh, visions and dreams that God has given, I would declare them. I would declare about the grace cure. I would declare about the dunamis. I would declare about the power over the dragon, the power over death, the power over wicked influences. I would declare just point by point. It's like the song of the Lord, but it's the salah of what God has called us to be and to do. He's preparing us. And it's up to us to remember them. And it's up to us to make it our proclamation. Ain't nobody going to be able to declare for you what God is doing in you. Amen? And it may seem dark. It may seem awful. It may seem like things are overbearing. Listen, I've been there. There have been some times in this past couple of months where in the night I've cried unto the Lord and I've just, I'm just being honest with you. Lord, just take me. Your presence is so near, I'm tired of grappling with this thing and that thing. And, and I meant it. And then God so richly would come. And, and I, I know that He is doing this in all of us. And we're being promoted in God to the next phase of what He's called you to be. Hallelujah. So don't give up. God is with you. And um, to, to be a person in Salah is a, in, in a kingly authority. We, we, we move in truth, we move in meekness, and we move in righteous partnership of God's vision. And we're believing that because at the right hand, which is what faith is, God is going to do terrible things, magnificent things. And, and really in this, it's not just promotion. It's strengthening. It is training. It's giving dominion over the things we're going to face that we're facing now. This, this is binding the strong man now. When we go into some of the places God has already appointed us to go, I'm not waiting till then to be able to march in there, fling some scriptures and make some declarations and gain dominion over the strong man. We are gaining that now. Hallelujah. That is what God is giving. You know, I'll, I'll tell you about this last dream because it was kind of funny. And it involves Kelly in some way. I'm still trying to figure out what this is. But I think, I, I don't know. If I tell you this now, it's all you're going to think about for the rest of the message. I, I this dream. This was the last one. And... Um, I was in my house, and I was with this man who I know was an angel, and because I've seen him before, and I, and I walk was walking back to my bedroom, and this man said, "What are you What are you doing?" I said, "I'm going to get the video camera because I want a video Kelly holding the new baby." Now I knew it wasn't your baby. It wasn't. Yeah. Well, I don't know. At least I'm, anyway, let's move on. And there was a hornet that was flying around my head. Now, we hate bees. We go into DEFCON 5. I don't try to capture them and release them. You know, it's not catch and release. You know, they're, they're illegal aliens in my house. And I usually kill them or we do something. That's, and, you know, I'm usually the one that has to go do it. Katie will scream and run off. I forget what Kelly used to do. You probably did that too. And, um. So I see this bee, but I'm not concerned. And I'm looking at this thing. It's buzzing around. I've got this camera in my hand. And I know that there's 
thousands of bees in my bedroom, and I'm happy about it, which was weird. So I woke up, it was 4.30 in the morning, and I, it suddenly came to me that when Israel went into the promised land, God sent his army of hornets to drive out the enemy so that the people could go in and possess the land in new ways. And so that was, that was just the last in the sequence. And I thought, Lord, I lay claim to that. So that was another verse in my song. Still trying to figure out what that baby is. I'm not going to say anything more. I, well, I'm not going to say anything more. <laughs> nudge, nudge, wink, wink, say no more. So anyway, we've got to be a people of righteousness. We've got to be willing to go with what God says at his right hand because through that partnership in faith, God's going to do terrible things through the king. And that's us. We've been made to be kings and priests. That's what the scripture says. And um, this is David saying, you know, how the, you know how the king rides majestically? It's a salah. And this is how the salah of promotion comes. This is how you exemplify what God has called you to be, and you rise above, and you rise into new things of dominion. It's through the pursuit of truth. It's through meekness, and it's through righteousness. And through those things, God will speak at his right hand, and mighty things will happen. Terrible doesn't mean just, oh, gross, that's terrible. It means awesome. Amen. And so that's what David said. Now, we're going to go back to the verse that we skipped because David has the Salah come upon him. Saul had the Salah come upon him. David speaks about how the king needs to move in Salah through these elements. Look at this passage. 1 Samuel 18, verses 10 through 11. It came to pass on the morrow that, now, what had happened prior to this? Well, you know, you can read for yourself, but uh, Saul was trying to figure out who David was, and you know, there, there's there. He was gonna. He was in this time where he was knitting with Jonathan, and he was a captain over a thousand strike force men, and there was a negotiation going on for David to marry Saul's daughter, and all these things are happening, which on surface should have been really a strength for Saul. All of these things should have been a strength for Saul because he got his son and his daughter bonded there, you know, it shouldn't have been an intimidation. But Saul heard, Saul has slayed his thousands, David is tens of thousands. I've talked about that before. But this was all going on. And an evil spirit from God came upon Saul, Salah. And he prophesied in the midst of the house and David played with his hand as at other times, and there was a javelin in Saul's hand. And Saul cast the javelin, for he said, I will smite David even to the wall with it. And David avoided out of his presence twice. I think once would have been enough for me. Oh, you really didn't mean to throw that javelin. I think I'll saunter back in there and play the next verse. I'm going to keep my, uh, my progression going. No, twice. So what is this business of an evil spirit? from God coming Salah upon Saul. Well, this is a topic in itself which we've taught about before because there's another passage that says a lying spirit from God came upon prophets. And really what we said was this. God doesn't have a, uh, he doesn't have a stable of demons that he sends out. 
how you have to recognize first of all that every angelic being was created by God okay every one of them that we face that have rebelled and are standing against the work of the Lord they were given capacities they were given callings you can see that with uh, when Jesus landed on the shore of Gadara and that uh, that man came and he had between seven and ten thousand warring spirits within him his name was Legion and he came and proscuneoed before the Lord you know where do they get that strength where do those unclean spirits get that positioning well from God they were put there and they were asking Jesus don't send us out of this placement and um, I, I, I got to be careful because there's so much could be said but we've taught on this 20 times before so really what this was saying is Saul had that gift from God he was called to be this but it's so often in the case with what we've studied lately, when you're taking light into the darkness, you've got to be careful lest that darkness affect you and you become, you become um, more affected by the darkness than the light you're carrying. Saul was supposed to have been overcoming in that land. And instead of overcoming, he, he wasn't offering supplication. He said that when Samuel was with him once. He, he wasn't following after the prophetic calling that God wanted. And he had to have David come and play for him to drive away these, these wicked influences. And, you know, really, for a king, he shouldn't have been reliant on some slick sackbutt player to come and drive away a demon. He was the king. He should have been taking authority for himself. And so there was Saul, you know, God, the gifts and callings of God are without repentance. Saul was still functioning in that anointing, even though David was the one that God had already then commissioned to, to function. But Saul began to prophesy. He was salahing, and this enemy influence began to influence him. This is a strange thing, this walk. It doesn't mean that Saul was possessed. It doesn't mean that God sent a demon. The, the point is, is that Saul was up against darkness. Anyone who would have been the first king was. And um, this influence that he should have overcome began to influence him. And iniquities began to be discovered. And insecurities and jealousies and instabilities and all of those things began to happen. You say, well, that sounds strange to me. Well, it doesn't to me because I've seen it happen over the years in this house. I've seen people that we went to war with, valiant people with strong anointings that we entrusted, suddenly turn and become the mouthpiece of Satan. I'm not saying they were demonized. But I'm saying that their giftings and their proclivities were suddenly turned and you could feel the opposition. Some of you have felt that. So I, I'm not talking some odd thing. Oh, I didn't know that. You've seen it. Now, did God cause that to happen? No. Their iniquities rose up and they became that voice piece. I bless them, but we've seen it happen. Do you know what? I'll tell you another thing. 
There have been times when I've been praying and, and I've been in the Spirit, and I know some of you have had this happen because you've told me about it. And suddenly there's an enemy influence impersonating a godly influence offering you things that you know weren't right, and you rejected them. There was a time not long ago when I was in prayer and there was an angelic force that came and was trying to cause me to go and do something in the realm, in the spirit realm, and I knew immediately that it wasn't of God. You know, the Bible says that in the time of the end, even the very elect will be deceived by angels of light. So it's not uncommon to see that these forces that God created that rebelled against him would try to come and lead you astray. Now you say, well, that sounds too weird to me. Well, let's go another one, an incontrovertible one. When Jesus was beginning his earthly ministry, the Spirit of God sent him forcefully into the wilderness, and there Satan offered him three, three options that were all demonic, that every one of them went against what Jesus was called to fulfill for the Father. So to say that, all oh, the enemy can never come near me and try to cause me to, to think about doing this or that, well, are you better than Jesus? <laughs> no. Uh, you know, I, I'm not trying to glorify the enemy here, but this whole thing with Saul in the Salah that God called him to be as a king, as an influence for righteousness, he got, he surrendered his iniquities to those influences that he should have overcame. And in the midst of him even prophesying, prophesying, this wicked force came and the javelin <laughs> was, uh, was inspired by that force. Think about that. Now, I'm not trying to create conundrums in your doctrinal foundations. What I'm saying is in this time frame, be ye careful and watch yourself and don't, don't, uh, don't give place to wickedness. I think, you know, you should really, if Ben Franklin could say, uh, count to 10 before you answer somebody and count to 100 if you're angry, I would say to you, do some counting before you start speaking, especially if you're stirred up. And um, don't give place to the enemy. Oh, well, I've gotten off into meddling. See, that story about Kelly holding the baby just kind of threw us sideways, Sandra. How would you let that happen? Okay. I love what David says in Psalm 1. Hey, we're almost done. We're at the bottom of the second sheet. <laughs> Blessed is the man that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. If there was ever a day we needed this, we need it now. Especially when so many of the scornful and so many of the uh, sinners and so many giving counsel are people who say they're godly and people who have anointings that the enemy in the land has corrupted like he did with Saul. And they will attack 
righteousness. They will attack people that are standing for the word, and they'll call you all kinds of things, but it's best not for you to sidle up to them. Love them, bless them, but don't go hang out with them. It's a permeating influence, okay? Don't let it happen. You can become, you can become inebriated by the, 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 the wicked wine they're serving. Don't do it. His delight is in the law of the, the Lord. In his law does he meditate day and night. He will be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither. And whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. Salah. Which means whatever God's given you to do, there's an upward sila of development. There's promoting from glory to glory. This is what it means, and I put it in a header on the other side of the sheet, to being changed from glory to glory. This is how could Jesus have gotten any better? Why was he on a mount of being transfigured? Why? How? How? God brings promotion, even to the sinless Son of God. There was a new phase of development, and Jesus was transfigured in it. And boy, oh boy, right there at the bottom of the hill was an unclean influence carefully crafted to try to stop him. Interesting how this is. So we just keep being promoted in the gifts and callings that God has ascribed to us. And as we're that tree planted by the river of water, and we're bringing forth our fruit, and we're not going to wither in the times of drought. And whatever we're doing is going to happen through us always rising above in the power of the Lord and in the Salah. Amen? Solomon, Second Chronicles 7.11. 7.11. Thank you. Come again. Thus Solomon finished the house of the Lord and the king's house, and all that came into Solomon's heart to make in the house of the Lord and in his own house. He prosperously effected. Solomon was a Salah individual. So here you got Saul, David, and Solomon all functioning as kings in the dimension of Salah. We need this. So you have the Selah that are words that come for us from God. We partner with them and we see them come to fulfillment. We partner with that threefold progression in some of the time sequences God gives, and we patiently wait through the Selah. But this is a Salah of being promoted in what we've been called to do. I, there's another king who says did the same thing. I didn't put him on here because I don't want him to get the big head, but Hezekiah also was that way. And the Bible says very clearly, so if you're going to move in kingly authority, which you are, your intercession is moving in that. You're going to have to function in the upward progression of the Salah. And you're going to do exploits that are beyond what you've been able to do. Amen? That's happening in some of you. I see it when you minister. There is a heightened measure. And nobody came and rubbed your shoulders or told you how great you were or gave you a prophetic string, even though those are all wonderful. You just were close to the Lord, and you began to allow him to set you in a higher place. Jesus is the one that makes this possible for us. Isaiah 53, 10. 
Yet it pleased the Lord. This is after he was wounded for our transgressions, that beautiful passage. Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He hath put him to grief. When thou shalt make his soul an offering for sin, he shall see his seed, he shall prolong his days, and the pleasure of the Lord, the pleasure of Yahweh, shall salah in his hand. You're partnering with the Lord. He's standing with you in the selah. He's standing with you in your terio, Jude 2 says. He is praying that you will fulfill the will of the Father. You are there at the right hand with him. You are riding with the Prince of Peace, all of these things. How are we doing that? Because the pleasure of Yahweh is Salah in his hand. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. The last verse, and this is a good one. All of these have been good. Isaiah 54, 17. No weapon that is formed against you shall Salah. Every tongue that shall rise against you in judgment, you will condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of Yahweh, and their righteousness is of me, says the Lord. Now, weapons formed against you will not Salah. What's that mean? What well, means two things? First of all, the enemy sees some of the things that God wants to do in you. He doesn't know all of them. God keeps that close to the vest. But he can certainly, he knows the principle of, of progression and promotion. And he can see, good Lord, we've said how many times, this is a year of wisdom. We're moving in light. We're taking light into the darkness. We're not making it's the intent now before the principalities and powers. God is manifesting his mysteries and his light through the church. God is not playing any secret games here. He's, we're declaring it. We're speaking it forth. So the enemy sees that. So he tries to confound the Salah. Tell me how else you can say that the weapon formed against you will not Salah if the enemy isn't attacking that. Well, we're not worried about it because every tongue that rises against us in judgment is going to be condemned and the Lord is with us. We, we just need to keep pressing forward. And, you know, you know, the other way that the enemy would try this, he tries to find specific things, weapons, that he can use against you. Maybe he knows that you are prone to, now I've got to look down because people can think I'm a preaching at him. I'm not. Maybe you're prone to feeling inferior. Or maybe you're prone to, reflecting on the bad things that have happened to you. Or maybe you give place to competition or jealousy. Or maybe you, um, maybe you just are fearful. Maybe there's something that you've always dreaded, and here it is right in your face. And guess what? That often happens when you're developing your gifting because the iniquities in those gifting have been corrupted, and they keep telling you, oh, you can't do that. You can't do that. Just... Linger here. That's what happened to Saul. That's what happened to Saul. And he, he, was, he felt inferior all the time. And um, even though he was head and shoulders over everybody else, no weapon formed against you is going to rob this. So if you start feeling, uh, if you start feeling a heightened measure of opposition in a place where you know you're weak, 
Maybe you don't know you're weak, but your mouth does. And it's spewing out one thing after another that's just belying the fact that you have an issue there. You need to take authority over that and start declaring this weapon is not going to, to win in this Salah moment. And instead declare what God is doing. So the message today is all about you're being promoted in the thing God's given you. And you be what you're supposed to be. You, you be what you're supposed to be. And we see this in life. I could give an illustration. If I was talking to men's group, I would say, you know, sometimes we see on sports teams that are, that are successful, we see some guy that is great in the role he's playing. He's really gifted, but he doesn't feel like he's the apex of the team. And so he says, you know, I'm, I'm just a bit player here. I want to move to another team where I can be the top dog. He was great in this supporting role, all pro. You put him over here where he's the top dog, out of place, and suddenly he's nothing. And it's a shame. You see that over and over and over again. And, you know, be what you're called to be. Don't be what somebody else is. Don't keep clamoring for that. When you finally settle into being what God wants you to be, you'll be content. You know, uh, you think, well, that's easy for you to say, Pastor, because, you, you know, you're not competing with anybody. Really? <laughs> yeah, right. Every day I get up and I pray, Lord, let our people stay on course and not, have to go, not go after this nickel and dime show down the road. You know what I mean? Well, that's enough. Let's talk about that baby again. I never thought it was yours, so there's the dream. Somebody else in that house has a baby that I was going to take a picture of, and those hornets were flying everywhere. All right. Winford, what have I done to the altar call? It's just gone. How am I going to get you to the altar now? I proclaim over all of you the kingly authority that God has given you. Each of you have been faithful, and God has promoted you over and over again. There's great influence, great power, and great capacity in who you are, and you stand before the throne as a respected and trusted son. So I speak into you in this time frame that you will rise in the power of Yahweh to fulfill the promotion that God has given you in your life and in your calling and in your ministry. And I declare over you that the might and power of the Most High would be with you. And I speak over you that you would be a person who moves in God's truth, who moves in God's meekness, and who moves in such a powerful way of righteousness that God can give you the trusted missions from his right hand. And I command that no weapon formed against you will affect or, or cause you to do anything but rise above in the midst of your promotion. Listen, the Father needs you to be doing this. As your pastor and as your brother in Christ, I need you to be doing this. And so I declare that over every one of you. Amen. Now is the time for exploits. 
And this is a great moment in the kingdom. So I declare it to you and in you. So be that and thrive in the Lord. And I speak it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right.